This is exactly right. I'm Babs Gray, and I'm like Cruella DeVille, only for armadillo foreskins. <laughs> I don't know. It was in the drafts. It was in the drafts. So that's what you're getting. It's visual. Yeah. Draft o'clock, baby. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm Brandy Posey, and by the end of this episode, my nail polish from three days ago might actually be dry. Yay! <laughs> I'm Tess Parker, and are they called chickpeas because girls love them? <laughs> mm, the big questions. <laughs> and this is Lady to Lady. Can you keep a secret? Neither can we. Hello! We got Barbara, Brandy, and of course, Big Tess. We got a show for everyone that's the fucking best. Come on, baby. It's time to hang out with your favorite ladies. Ladies and ladies. Ladies and ladies. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. There's a garbage truck outside. Mm. Ooh, oh, I can't hear it. You're welcome. That's just for you, Babs. If you're a dog <laughs> and you might be here. If you listen to this podcast and you're a dog, you're welcome for the excitement. You might be losing your mind right now. <laughs> Sorry yeah. for the rough start Ooh. of this episode. Oh, my God. Hey. Hey. Yes, 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 um, yes. I have to say this. I want to make sure I do good at promoting this, but this comes out. Okay. My... Uh, first album should now be available for you to listen to my first comedy album it's called if i did it and uh, i did it with a special thing records and it's out now so go buy it find it Yay. on itunes is that where people buy it? i think so find it on itunes find it on does spotify does itunes still exist apple whatever the fuck it's is called it, i mean i think when you say itunes i hear the apple thing okay sure yeah yeah uh, this is not a good promotion for this but anyway i recorded it like a few years ago it took me for fucking ever to actually get it done i'm very proud of it very Please proud of you buy it. and it comes with a little pin of my face that says babs great it's really cute <gasps> So Aww, um, that's sweet. Yeah, so it's you, very it's very funny. Babs and I, or uh, Tess and I, opened for it. Yeah, in Salt Lake City. Tess and Brandy were there supporting me and opening for me, and it was, um, you know, it's like my first ten years of jokes, basically. So it's all in one place. It's called If I Did It. If you get the reference, good for you. If you don't, maybe you just think it's a random name. That's fine. Seeing <laughs> people's reactions has been really, really interesting. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's that's all I got. Should we bring on our guests? You guys have anything yes, you want to pump? Do it. Okay. Let's bring in our guests. No. We're going to pump up our guests, hey, because they're great. We're here to pump you up. Okay. Oh, that's enough. <laughs> Deep cut. Reference. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're very excited. They have an amazing podcast together called Forever 35, which I love the name of, where they talk about self care and just, you know, do what we do, which is gal talk between friends. They're both writers as well. Dory Shafir, her first novel, Startup, came out in 2017. And she has a new book that you can get right now called Thanks for Waiting, The Joy and Weirdness of Being a Late Bloomer. So go get that right now. And also we have Kate Spencer, the author of the memoir, The Dead Moms Club. Hi, guys. Hello. Hi. Hi. Sorry okay. for that long, like, you know, it's good. It does, yeah, how do you feel me saying you're saying your things at you is it a, a good feeling well it's weird because we do it to other people and <laughs> and actually we just got feedback from a listener that was like please stop it's so awkward when you make the interviewees sit and listen to their bios and we were like well we've been doing it for three years so that's three years of awkward um so it's you know it's funny because we we all work our asses off for years and years for like 
these things that come out once, you know, once every five years or something, you're like, I have a book, but then you feel weird whenever someone mentions. Yes. Yeah, totally. (laughs) I think that's one of the most important things that, and I think for me, one of the most difficult realities to accept is like, you've just got to probably be a bigger douchebag than you want to be. It sucks so hard, but like, just like how, when you're publicly speaking, I always say like, go way slower Mm -hmm. than you think you should. Be a bigger douchebag than you think you should be. Well, and chances are you aren't coming across as a douchebag no. to anyone but yourself. It just feels exactly. Yes. yes. Tess, I've been thinking about that a lot because I'm like, oh, my God, I'm posting way too much on Instagram about my book. I'm talking about my book way too much. And it's just like, no, I'm not. But it, yeah. to me, it feels like because I'm not used to just like talking about it at all. Exactly. I think it's like right. the, the psychopath rule applies where it's like if you ask yourself, am I a psychopath? Am I a douchebag? Then <laughs> yes, probably yes. not, actually. <laughs> well, yeah. no, that's the thing is if you're worried about it at all, that means you're not doing it too much. Right. Yeah. Oh. Well, <laughs> yeah. and I try to put myself like, OK, how do I act when I see a friend promoting this project that I know that they have been working their ass off on? I'm like proud of them. I'm like, hell yeah, that's great. They're doing that thing. I'm not like why did she post another story about that thing? Like, no, no I'm just like, totally. that's great. They have that going on, you know? It's hard. It's like when you have to ask somebody for a favor. And ultimately, like when anyone asks me for something, I'm normally like pretty psyched to help out. But if I have to ask somebody for something, it's like I'm asking them, like it feels horrible. It feels like the worst thing I've yes. ever had to do. And and people are inherently nice. And I often forget that. I don't know. Yes. Mm-hmm. That is so true. And like, that's right. Cause like, especially I think like when you can have the experience of like someone asking you a favor and you are in a unique position to really hook them Mm -hmm. up. Like it's actually like a great feeling. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not asking for a favor. It's giving your friend, it's giving your Mm. friend the opportunity to help you. Oh, I like that. (laughs) I like that. We're just no. gonna we're just gonna take what, no. take it take I it. Like I don't know. It. We talk about reframing the narrative on our show a lot. That's like a, a phrase that comes up, and you just nailed it. Yes. Ooh. Well, I am thirty seven, so there you, you know. go. <laughs> comes with wisdom comes with age. Yeah, exactly. It's so funny when I, speaking of forever thirty five, forever twenty one. I. Every time I like, I, I don't know if you guys have done this recently, but I was like, well, it's time to reenter the world. I should buy clothing yes. that aren't simply these, which is mostly what I yes. got, which is sweatsuits. I've had this hoodie for 12 years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I like, I, you know, I usually shop at like Crossroads or Buffalo Exchange or somewhere that has like cute used clothes or whatever. Mm-hmm. And every time I find something cute, it's always like Forever 21. And I'm like, I can't get yes. away from it. Yes. <laughs> I have that. Experience so many times, and I'm like I'm duped again. I was ready I'm like, to I'm trying to evolve, but it's just not happening. Honestly, I'm glad that Forever 21 clothes are making it to crossroads, and people aren't just like throwing them out, or you know, because totally it's yeah. such like fast fashion. And people think that it right. doesn't last at all, but you know, if it's making it to crossroads, maybe it's better quality than we think. Yeah, some of them don't just disintegrate in the sun. No, exactly. yeah. and, like, I don't know. Has anyone it? else? You know how like sometimes you'll have like that random salad dressing that just randomly tastes good for like three years and like you're like, should I throw this out? It yes. still is fine. You know, yes. <laughs> I yeah. have that with some Forever 21 tops where I'm like, this should not still exist. But for some reason, I've had this since college. I, I have yeah. that. I have had that with like also with H&M tops that have just lasted for like a mm-hmm. decade. I'm like, <laughs> you know what? Maybe I, I shouldn't have doubted your quality. 
exactly. Mm-hmm. I got the ju- good good one one time. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. Like it's certainly not across the board, but those random outliers, hats off. Amen. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is all great because the CEO of Forever Twenty One does listen. So shout mm-hmm. out. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. No, we don't. Well, know. We hello. Don't. That's, That's definitely an old white man. So <laughs> no, yeah. I doubt they, that they listen. They, isn't, yeah. isn't the isn't Forever Twenty One also deeply problematic? Like, isn't there something there? Well, they so, steal art from people constantly. Yeah. They're, They're really, also very yeah. Christian. They oh, have yeah, oh. yeah. They have like it's like in and out. You know, they have oh. secret Bible. Oh, I think they have secret Bible quotes on their bags. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I didn't. I didn't know any because, of this. Because okay, say what you will about In and Out. Because like this, first of all, it tastes so good that I'm like, I don't care that you're secretly Christian. But like, they also, and I'm a vegetarian, so I'm really like the last person to be like, go beef. But <laughs> I will say about In and Out, like they do at least from outward appearances like they've they always have like paid their employees kind of better than other companies they yeah. source their like food from like farms that are nearby like as far as like fast food goes i feel like in and out does like a decent job whereas forever 21 is just like ethics what fucking ethics we steal all of our designs like this is yeah. this is made by people who are not getting paid enough and they're just like so flagrant that that mm-hmm. to me makes it even funnier that they're like a secret Christian company. Right. I know <laughs> the, their values are, do not align with what they, with how they make their money. Yeah. Yeah. No, not exactly. Not that in and necessarily do either. And like I said, fuck yeah, you. that, that story about like Jesus going into a church and like flipping the tables of all the vendors and stuff. They stopped reading before that part happened. They were like, Oh yeah. yeah. Vendors in a church. Let's make some money, baby. <laughs> They're like prosperity gospel. And God, I know. For themselves. I don't know that story. And I thought you were going to say flipping burgers. Mm. <laughs> No, yeah, Jesus worked a good burger. Uh, we that's that's where the good book comes from. Hell yeah! I actually did not know there was a Jesus table flipping story either, and that's really oh. funny. Like it reminds me of um, like the Real Housewives. Like you always see those gifts of them flipping tables. Oh, honey, the disciples were very dramatic. Yes, no one talks about what a messy bitch Paul was. Absolutely. <laughs> so you guys. You know, you podcast about self-care, which I'm sure has been a intense subject over the, the, the last, last year. year. <laughs> Definitely can be. How do you feel about like coming, you know, like I said, coming back into the world and like, yeah, how are you feeling now? Or do you have, have you been talking about like tips and ways to re-enter society? We have, but like, I don't know if I have any, like today I actually did go to a mall here in Los Angeles called the Americana and mm-hmm. oh, we it know. was like, at, you know, I, I was at the Sephora and I like didn't know how to shop. It was so confusing, like all of it, just the human interaction and the constant salespeople approaching me. And then when I got to the counter, I didn't like give the person my stuff. I just like stared at that. It was just it was very weird kind of having to relearn human interaction. And then, of course, yeah. I keep because I'm a very self-deprecating person, I keep setting up the fact that I don't know how to interact. So I. I'm like, I don't, I haven't been out in the world, you know, so sorry about this. And I feel like I'm going to do that for the next 10 years and I need to <laughs> cut it now. So I don't, I don't know, Dory, do you have, do we have tips? We, I think we are getting a lot of questions about it because it's definitely a thing people are feeling. I mean, we're all doing it. Yeah. I think the biggest thing that has been coming up is people being like, oh no, like FOMO's back. Like yes, we, had, oh, yeah. we had like 
a, yeah. you know, more than a year respite from FOMO because no one was doing anything. And now <laughs> all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait, like people are going out, but I didn't get invited to dinner and, you know, stuff like that. And I think that's going to be challenging for people. And, you know, I'm just trying to like be Zen about it and also not overwhelm myself like I think the mm-hmm. temptation to make like a million plans is there because I'm like I can see my friends but it's actually like exhausting and we need to kind of tiptoe slowly out you know out of the cave um, and so I'm trying to just kind of like take things slow be kind to myself not get too much FOMO and just kind of try to like keep things in totally yeah, well, and it's like social interactions. Like, in, I found in like groups bigger than five or six have been like they. I feel tired after them now, which didn't mm-hmm. really happen before. So it's just kind of like pacing yourself with stuff. Totally. Yeah, I definitely. It's so interesting the FOMO of it all, and I think like, and I know like Dory, your new book is about kind of like blooming later on and kind of just like dealing with these things as we get like being social and stuff as we get yeah. older. Mm-hmm. And I do find that. I'm like having FOMO, but I also don't give a shit because I'm like, I don't really want to do that. Right. (laughs) Right. Well, and I think that the pandemic has made us all kind of reevaluate like what our priorities are and what Mm -hmm. we really want to do. Like, I think for me, it's like if someone asks me to do something now, I will really think about like, is this something that I want to do? You know, Um, someone (laughs) someone was saying that like. We used to say, we used to, if someone like invited you to something you didn't want to do, you would say, yeah, I'll try to make it. Or like, maybe I'll come. And now I think we can all just be like, no. Yes. <laughs> that would yeah. be great. Yeah. Like, I let's think... just all make a pact to be yeah. honest yeah. about mm-hmm. when we're going to do something mm-hmm. and when we're not. Yeah. I think we were kind of forced to learn some boundaries. Yes. Uh, <laughs> totally. Quite literally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I know yeah. for myself, I feel like, I kind of have a different problem, which is I'm very socially anxious and I'm, um, I've always been worried about hosting and like, are people having fun? Like I, I couldn't enjoy my own wedding because I was so like nervous about how everybody was feeling. And the other day I was sitting alone in my backyard and I just said to like, nobody, I was just like, I'm lonely. And I just <laughs> like, I just kind of realized, like, I think I'm, it's, it's taught me not to give as much of a shit about like other people are fine Mm -hmm. and it's really it's really helped me kind of understand how sincerely I love just being around humans and and how like that has so much value and I I tend to have you know I've kind of ignored that for the last 10 years but Mm -hmm. god it's fucking nice to be around people Mm -hmm. it's just like you know you kind of get why podcasts are so popular because Mm -hmm. we're you know it's just like having a friend in your ear and I, I think it's just been such a lonely time Mm -hmm. that um, even if we are very clunky and awkward and figuring all this stuff out, I think just getting to be around people is going to be really satisfying again. For sure. And it does like feel like we also like got to kind of drop everything, but that also means we can pick back up what we want. And Mm -hmm. I think try to be cognizant of what we don't want to pick up too. Yeah. But you know, the other thing that I'm trying to also be cognizant of is I don't, just I don't want to like cut my social circle so small that I only see like my two or three like super close friends like I do think Mm -hmm. that there is value in kind of the casual interactions that we had with people before the pandemic that Mm -hmm. I've kind of like forgotten how to have um Mm -hmm. and I like want those back 
you know <laughs> like yeah the, i found the, that like yeah. this whole time that's what i've kind of missed the most because i did you know i think i think most people found a way to keep in touch with the people that were already in like their yes. very most inner orbit yes mm-hmm. um and i am like a very extroverted person so i've always kind of enjoyed like just seeing a bunch of people in one place and being able to like be bop around and talk to a bunch of different people <laughs> Um, but yeah, like those were people that I have, like maybe had casual interactions totally. with, but over like a long period of time. But now I haven't seen those people for right. a really long time. Right. Mm-hmm. Like the people you would like run into at a party and be like excited to see them, but not someone who you, you would like get a one-on-one drink with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Those, it's really interesting when you do, you're like your core group kind of becomes very clarified totally. and then you're like, oh, but yeah, I don't have these kind of like. I would like to catch up with them, but they're not somebody I'm just going to like text right, out of the blue. Right, right, exactly. Like, that's like driving my FOMO because I'm like, please invite, like, please, have, I'm fun. Like, invite me to go have fun. <laughs> <laughs> I keep, uh, yeah, it's so funny because I keep seeing things in me like, eh, I'm fine. Like, I just don't. I think I'm, I'm like really having an, I'm struggling. I don't know if struggling is the right word, but I'm definitely having like a come to Jesus, I guess you could say about just like. Because I'm like, I was was such a big partier throughout my 20s and up until, you know, like very recently. I mean, you know, till mm-hmm. I could not be because of the pandemic. And um, I just am like finding myself getting very averse to like, ugh, like party, like people just like going too hard and stuff. Because I don't know what it is. I mean, it's probably just me getting older. But um, we, we went to the beach for for adam my boyfriend's birthday we just stayed like one night we were right in the center like next to the fucking like party zone and it was just wild walking around and watching people and i was like i don't want to do any of that and it was (laughs) it's kind of like a weird moment where i'm like it's okay to change that obviously but that's it was such a part of who i was so i'm trying to like figure out who i am now you know it's also interesting because the the experience of quarantine pandemic whatever you you call it mm-hmm. it's has felt so like stationary but we've also aged like we're all mm, now yeah. almost a year and a half older than when we started and even though like the concept of aging is kind of bullshit like w- you also do change like i am like deeply mm-hmm. into a middle-aged identity now yeah. and marvel at the fact that i used to like stay out until six in the morning on a regular <laughs> basis <laughs> And still function in society, and and like we have we we have still developed personally, professionally, emotionally, spiritually through this time, even though it has kind of felt like such a stalemate. And that's kind of that's kind of a weird reckoning to deal with. And I'm I'm still processing like how I've changed over this time myself. But I think that's a normal evolution. I like that for oh, you. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. I love it. I just <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just an interesting because. It is that thing where I'm like, oh, I'm just getting older and this is what I want to do. But it still feels, yeah, like I'm like, can I, it's all or, for some reason in my head, it's like all or nothing, yes. which is probably not true, yeah. but that's how it feels, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think that's another thing that I think was kind of cool about the pandemic is it forced people to realize like how fluid their idea of themselves is. It's like, just because you've told yourself this story about what you were for this amount of time, like all of a sudden, like so much of that's going to get ripped away from you instantaneously. And like, now mm-hmm. you might spend Tuesdays playing chess, you know, yeah. <laughs> like your whole you identity might play, can just get You might get spend them with up. Maury. You never know. Yes. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Maury Povich. Tuesdays. <laughs> How was Maury Povich's exactly pandemic? What I, <laughs> I would like to know. <laughs> Man, I miss, was there a Maury Povich and uh, Jerry Springer? Mm-hmm. Nothing like 3 p.m. like somehow yes. knocking off a school or whatever and watching that shit. Uh, I miss that a lot. Agree. <laughs> 
You know what remember. the best programming was? Is you would get prices right in the morning. Then oh, you watch yeah. a couple of reruns and then, yeah, you had your Jerry Springer into <laughs> Oprah, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Oprah was at four. And, and I mean, if you were... Well, what about TRL? Oh, yeah. Oh, of course, yeah. TRL, you flipped, too. Flipped of course. over, flipped over. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, nothing like a Kurt Loader MTV News update. <laughs> that's like how I learned breaking news. Like, that's how I learned Kurt Cobain died. Am I, I'm really yeah. dating myself. But. No, same. <laughs> Yeah. I think that's how I found out Phil Hartman died. I think. Oh, I, like, God. Yeah. Kurt Loder Did they only tell news? us about dead people? There were never updates about really anything else, was there? <laughs> I'm sure there was, but I think we were just, yeah. those are the only ones sticking out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we were of the age. I, I always have a special place in my heart for TRL because I feel like, um, do, you, do, do you guys participate in like the, when they got New Kids on the Block up to number two, like years no. after? No. Oh, oh man, God. it was this whole thing. They got um, hanging tough. <laughs> like they randomly, it was like a, an online like email, like on this day, everybody request hanging tough. And it got up to like <laughs> number two on the charts. And I think it was like the first time our generation that's really so came together funny. as people. That's great. <laughs> we use our democracy. It was, it was like, that's how we learned about democracy. It was like, my vote does matter. Oh my God. <laughs> and now here we are. Well, yeah. you know, <laughs> you don't remember lessons forever, but uh... <laughs> you know what that reads to me? It's very, very um gamestop amc oh yeah very much totally. so mm-hmm. absolutely yeah very 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 early stonks for sure yeah. <laughs> um we have to take a break before we go to break i did want to shout out to our listener who called uh and left a voicemail she had told us that she gotten into this weird thing where her face got burned and we just wanted to shout her out and say we love you and just thank you for leaving us such a sweet message and um you know yeah letting us, you've, yeah, you've got this we're rooting for you you're gonna do yes. great all right we love we'll you guys be back in a sec bye Hey everybody, welcome back to Lady to Lady. I'm Brandy. I'm Babs. I'm Tess. And we're here with Kate and Doria Forever 35. And we're going to play a game with you guys. Yay. Very serious All game right. to get to know you better. Okay. Um, it's called... Wait, which one are we That's, so, That's random. so random. Okay, <laughs> there it is. Abe Lincoln's my dad. Really? Yeah. That's so random. <laughs> right? Oh my god. I didn't make it up. Oh my god. I can't... It's just like... That's so random. So random. So freaking random. It really honestly is. So freaking random. That's so, so random. Not raven. What you're telling me right now is so random. I can't even. That's a random. My God. Random. I don't know if you guys know how to make music, but you basically just repeat the same thing over and over again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that I mean, becomes a song. I've list- I, if you all have listened to Sour by Olivia Rodrigo, you know that that is the truth. Mm. Yay! <laughs> We're you like Olivia Rodrigo. par with Olivia Rodrigo. <laughs> yes, Thank you Obviously. so much. <laughs> we are opening for her, so mm-hmm. it makes sense. <laughs> okay, so yeah, this is basically just... Like the question said, random questions. Yeah. Please answer as you see fit. You don't have to have the same answer. You're allowed to have separate. Yes. yes. Separate. But you can if opinions. you want. Yeah. All right. Okay. 
I'm going to send you ESP. I mean, we do often <laughs> do a lot of things alike. It's I know. getting awkward. All right. <laughs> is it? It is. Oh. Like we show up in the sim- same outfit kind of vibe. Oh, wow. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. We're ready. Okay. Okay. What are some red flags to watch out for in daily life? Ooh. Okay. Someone who, okay. Like a, a person who tries to too intensely befriend you. Mm, yes. Great answer. No matter where they are, how you meet them, like the person who too intensely pursues the friendship, that is a red flag for me. Someone, I just have that. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry go ahead. oh I was just going to say someone who is not nice to their dog. Mm, yes. Big Another red flag. great answer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Anyone who's not nice to a service worker, yep. mm-hmm. restaurant, mm-hmm. wherever. Mm, nope. Yeah. Those yeah. are, these are very good. Man, I don't think I've seen someone like be mean to a dog in a long time. It's like so jarring. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's yeah. really it just awful. hurts my soul. Yeah. yeah. That kind of like they jerk really hard yeah. on the like. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I know you want to just like, like steal the dog. I don't like people have those leashes where you can tell it's like hurting the yeah, dog. Yeah, the choke collars. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah, me too. I mean, also like someone who litters. Oh, oh yeah. man, litter bugs. We've Just talked about deal this. Breaker. I yeah. like I like physically can't litter. Like there's yes. every once in a while I'll be like I'm like, I'm even going to pick it back up, but can I drop a piece of trash even on the ground? And I like can't, (laughs) physically can't do it. It like hurts me. Like who litters in this day and age? You see people do it all the time. I see people throw shit out of their car window all the time. Me too. The world is... And it's like, hello, you have a car. That's a trash can. Thank you. (laughs) You clean that out twice a year. Yeah. yeah, in your own trash. Yes. It's right there. Uh, yeah, just yeah. live in it. My car Seriously. is literally covered in rotting things at all times, <laughs> and that's just how I choose to live. And I me don't too. pollute the earth. Yes, and like, I definitely me, like my car cleanliness is upgraded only because we got a nicer car, and it's like required because yeah. the clean person shares it with me now. <laughs> but yeah. um, the the. I remember in my old car finding a banana that like could have been from the dinosaur age. Oh, like, it was like yeah. not just rotten; it like yeah. petrified itself. How about when you it find was... those bananas in your bag? Oh, oh yeah, mm, such <laughs> a bummer. Oh. I outed myself actually because Sean he's very keeps his car very clean. Like there's nary a gum wrapper that doesn't get disposed of <laughs> yeah. right away, and I'm just a trash fire. And and he never is in my car, but his car was in the shop. And I was like, do you want to ride to work? And he got in my car and it was just so funny. Just like the visceral disgust on his face. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like, yeah, this is what you're married to. This yeah. is my little, kind of like a fun little dirty ride. place. Yeah, you're stuck you with me. me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have one. I have one more, which is like very topical and will not hopefully like be forever but when you're in a place where you're required to wear a mask on your face and someone has it below their nose that to me mm-hmm. and it's a purposeful yeah nose below mm-hmm. pending a health reason i am judging that person right oh, yeah. now i mean speaking of red flag anti-vaxxer Oh yeah, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. Huge red flag. Huge red flag. I'm gonna. Um, I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm gonna close the window where uh, there is lawn. There's yard noise. You oh know, the, like Go Los Angeles yard say, noise. Where there are anti-vaxxers listening <laughs> to us. The unvaccinated are milling about. Yeah, they're just yeah. right outside the door. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking about this with a friend who's back on film sets, and she was talking about how you know some people on set are like anti-vax mm-hmm. and things like that, and 
and I was like, oh, I haven't had to deal like IRL with a lot of, you know, it's like mostly been like distant from me on the internet. And I haven't, I don't know, what do I do just in person with someone? There's nothing to do. Yeah. That's what's annoying about it. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, unless they started giving us like vigilante vaccines that so we could be like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 It's its own. I will say the friend thing. I just had someone really try to aggressively befriend befriend me in Twitter DMs, and it's it was the the girlfriend of a comedian I know who she's very sweet. I mean, we've met a few times. Mm-hmm. It just randomly started to go hard. Like it, she gave me a dental recommendation, which thank you because I think I tweeted about needing dentist. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Good, and her like I do have to say good in. That yeah, was yeah, great good in. Yeah. Great. She saw her in and she went for mm-hmm. it. But then it was just like some intense invites to hangouts and I was like, I sorry. Well, it's yeah, not. it's what's weird. I I like I have sympathy for that, right? Me too. Because, like uh, so yeah. many yes. so it's like a pink flag for me. It's not yeah. it's not like a huge red flag for me because it is really hard to make friends as an adult. And like especially now coming out of a pandemic, like how are you supposed to make friends? And I think people have also kind of lost social graces totally and so you know something that could seem like super intense to you like could just be someone who's like super fucking lonely you know i said that and now i want to retract it and i feel like a monster (laughs) because i think you're right and i but i do think there is also like there there's also like a behavior i think sometimes with people that are instinct like you can just kind of tell there is something that doesn't feel um that makes you feel uncomfortable. Do you yeah. know, that you know kind what I of think like it is? It's like pursuit. that brand of manipulative person that clearly has like relied on their charm to manipulate yes. people. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's where that like aggressive friendshipness is coming. Friendshipness? Aggressive attempt mm-hmm. at becoming friends with you is like coming from is there a use? It feels like that's their opening move is mm-hmm. to just like be really charming yes. and try to like overstep. Yes. And I've, I definitely yeah. have fallen for that in the past. And, mm-hmm. you know, you you kind of like see these people who like have instant best friends but like a new instant best friend like every six months Mm -hmm. and that is kind of a red flag to me yeah i think it's more about yeah it's not like somebody wanting to be friends with you it's more about if they you can tell that it's like oh it doesn't matter who it is they just like want to like attach to someone yeah and also it's like where's anybody like oh you're inviting me to literally everything we're not like at that place yet Uh-oh. you know right, it's like right, yeah. right totally or it's the like yeah. asking of a of a really intense like favor of you and you don't really know each other that always stresses oh, me out yeah that is yeah. so stressful yeah well, it's, it's a boundary thing too because you're like yeah totally. you haven't earned like that next level we're you know we're not at that place yet <laughs> well and it's like it, it's like can like take a hint right like if mm-hmm. you say no to a bunch of things like maybe it's time to move on i don't know mm-hmm. i'm obviously of two minds about this well but yeah, i also yeah. think i think you're right though dory like we've talked a lot about on our, on our show about making friends as an adult and how awkward and hard yes. it is like it's so mm-hmm. weird and like knowing how like you are essentially date platonically trying to date yes, people exactly. as you make friends as an adult so well, you're right i don't want to i don't want to speak yeah. out of turn about that because that is well, something i do feel strongly about but it's also, and like, i have like be made friends okay and i was just gonna say like behavior that could feel stalkerish if mm-hmm. unrequited is like different when you feel the same way like if someone's totally. reaching out to you and is like super excited to hang and you're like oh my god like i'm so excited to hang out with this person then like that's different than if you're kind of trying to blow them off and they keep like 
going after you. And mm-hmm. that is true whether it's a friendship or dating. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's about the follow-up. Because, yeah, like like I said, like I mentioned before, those people that are, like, maybe just acquaintances, but you actually would be excited to get yes. lunch or dinner with them. But, you know, you're both busy and yada, yada. Maybe you would be excited to hear from someone like that. Like, hey, yeah, you're right. We've never gotten together and that would be fun but i think it's about like if you don't get a reply from that and it just then it becomes one-sided and yes that is with professional romantic platonic oh yeah everything. i've got some weirdo on my facebook right now that like uh i don't know who it is i'm not friends with them even but i have maybe seven different just one word like oh my god hey hi hey what's up what's up wait hey. is it is it bleep this out sam huh slade Oh, let me look. I don't. I don't know their name. It's just some. It's the this random guy's been messaging me those things at three a.m. Just Ugh. hey, hi, oh three a.m. And I said, I was like, hey, will you stop doing this? I don't know you, you know. And then he asked me to be on his podcast, and I was like, I'm super busy right now. And then he asked me again, and I was like, block. I'm different. Not- yeah. Different person. Great, of course. Yeah. Diff- I was like, you're not following any boundaries here. Yeah. Um. Okay. Let's do another question. All right. What's the worst day of the week? They're all bad. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, for me, now that I have a two-year-old, it's honestly Sunday because Uh. it's just like a super long day. I have to come up with shit for him to do all day. There's no like structure. There's no structure. There's no childcare. My husband and I also have a podcast and we record it on Sundays. And so there's just like, it feels like a work day, but I also have to take care of my kid. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) like someone, it's funny because our, um, we have someone who runs our forever 35 Instagram and she recently wanted to post something about like, what do you do for self-care Sundays? And I was like, Sundays are not self-care Sundays for me. <laughs> like, that is, that is the opposite of self-care. Sundays are an all that 24 seven. Yeah, war. exactly. Yeah. But if you would ask me before I had kids, I probably would have said Monday. Yeah. It's a classic. Yeah, classic. I mean, Garfield, <laughs> right? Like, mm-hmm. of course. <laughs> I think it's Wednesday. That's that's what I think too. Which I is also just... why we drop our episodes on Wednesday to just give everyone a little get over Ooh, that hump. Maybe smart. Yeah, yeah. There is just something about where it's just like, oh my god, are you kidding me? It's only the middle of this week. Like, it just mm-hmm. it always feels like not enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wednesdays are really, I, I agree. I can hit the early, the beginning of a Wednesday and just be like, oh, God. And, and then once Thursday hits, you're like, we're out of the woods. Yeah. yeah. For some reason. You know what, though? Thursday. I have to say, you guys, I, as you're talking, I'm thinking, I think I love Wednesdays. And I think I know why. As much as possible, I Friday my Wednesdays. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I Friday my Wednesdays. I'll go to the oh. bookstore. I'll wow. get a fucking glass of wine at lunch. Like oh, I God. Friday my Wednesdays. Yeah. But then what is your th- is your Thursday a Saturday? <laughs> um, well, okay. So I should say I have a very <laughs> unconventional schedule. Yeah. Thursday through <laughs> Saturday is Saturday. Thursday through Sunday is Saturday. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, I, but also, I don't think but we work all the time on yeah. Wednesdays. So is this true? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's because right now I have my Spanish lesson on Wednesday morning. So that's like the one time I don't have a work meeting. It's like something right. different besides work. Yeah. But yeah, all things considered. I, yeah. I recommend taking it easy on Wednesday. I recommend upping the self-care on Wednesday for that reason. And then it becomes fun. Great. <laughs> Getting to the bottom of everything. 
<laughs> All right. All right, guys. Uh, what do you know about birds? <laughs> mm. Okay. That's I mean, so random, baby. <laughs> no, it's this not. is a good... I'm really interested to hear yeah, this. Yeah, me oh, too. Okay, so I... Okay, this is a long-winded answer. I don't know much about birds, but my mom loved birds and... Like a, I have a very vivid memory of like when I, w- I went home to k- take care of her when she was six, she died of cancer and sh- and I would have to go buy bird feed seed. Like she was obsessed with feeding all our birds in the yard. Mm. So like that was one of the hot things I had to do for my dying mom was like, make sure the bird seed was ready and like feed the birds. And so I have this kind of sentimental attachment to birds, but I know fucking nothing about birds. And there is, there are birds nesting in my yard right now. And I, um, from afar, I had thought they had taken, you know, when you get a package and there's that like scrunched up little paper mm-hmm. inside, it's almost mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. if you get a, a nice, I don't know how to describe it. Like, a, like, uh, I don't know. Anyway, if you get a package with kind of little shredded pieces of paper oh, to yeah. make like it look corrugated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I had like created this whole story about these birds that had built this nest and they had like must have found one of like the gift boxes I had thrown outside to recycle and taken all this corrugated paper. And then I got up really close to look and I realized they'd actually built their nest out of shit. And what I had thought was <gasps> the paper was that was just <laughs> layers of bird poop. And it's like all attached to a part of my house, which means when they leave, I'm going to have to deal with this like poop nest. Yeah. And I didn't know birds made parts of their nest out of poop. So that Neither is something I. I can share with you that whatever kind of bird this is, they're very loud. They've got three babies in my yard and they make poop nests. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's oh my all God. I got. It's kind of like Damn. me and Tessa's cars, basically. Yeah, essentially, <laughs> they've got that rotting banana up there. <laughs> I know. Wow. I love how I'm like judging these birds. I'm like, that's despicable. How could you make a nest in your own poop? And then, yeah, Babs, you did bring it back. I will say, like, I enjoy birds for the most part, but the poop, yeah, I could do without. We had if a I had a note, yeah. yeah, we had a hummingbird build a nest outside our front door, and Aww. Kate told me it was her mom. Aww. But then it flew in Dory's house, and then it flew <gasps> in my house. So what happened? We we like we eventually got it out, but it was very touch and go. Whoa! Yeah. And my son was terrified of it. Oh. <laughs> it was yeah, really sad. I mean, they were wild. Was it just flying? Was yeah. it just like freaking out? And it was flying freaking everywhere? out. It was like, but it was like hovering by the ceiling, and then it took refuge in a bookcase, like on top oh, of a bookcase. Adorable. <laughs> and we were like, "Hey, like, please go back to your." natural habitat yeah, go <laughs> when disney stuff happens in real life with animals it doesn't feel as good you no, know that is no. so true. You're, true. you're thinking like this bird's gonna come in and make me a dress and yeah. really it's just like freaking mm-hmm. the fuck out yeah every exactly. time i try to get some mice to put a necklace on for me it's like <laughs> yeah, terribly wrong i do have a squirrel that lives in the palm tree outside of my house that comes down and twerks at my dog and oh um, wow that- <laughs> That's oh my god really fun <laughs> actually we've got some squirrel dog drama going on too and that i must ask you have you noticed how big squirrel nuts are <laughs> like the nuts like the nuts they're on, fucking on ball sack. The nuts on their bodies their nut sack is out of control and i was dying laughing the other day like what a funny trick of nature that squirrels have huge nuts <laughs> wow you know what's funny i guess in my mind all squirrels are female and i know that's not true but i don't think i've ever seen a squirrel's ball sack so oh man maybe you have a girl squirrel 
I, she's definitely a, uh, she's definitely a lady because she has she has a couple of kids over here. Oh man! She, oh. Yeah, she helps them up to the top of the pine tree because they can't oh quite or the palm tree because they can't quite get there on their own yet. So she nudges them up, but then she comes down and turns around and goes meh, 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 and twerks at my dog from the porch, and he goes crazy. It's very funny. Is Jackson throwing ones out or what? <laughs> yeah, basically, he's just like get a little bit closer. <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay, Dory, do you have you have a humming? Do you have any bird hot bird facts for us? <laughs> you know, I don't really have bird facts. We were we were out of town this weekend. We went to the Central Coast and we went on this nature walk where there were like so many different birds. Mm-hmm. And my husband kept pointing to me and he'd be like, Oh look, those are geese. Oh, they're they're those are pelicans. And I was like, Oh, cool. <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> Were these like? Did you not know what geese or pelicans were? Or no, no, I did. But like he, like he realized. I think he knew that it was geese because they fly in a V formation. Mm-hmm. Oh right. And then he like saw the pelicans, and as soon as he said, "Oh, those are pelicans," I was like, "Oh yeah, of course, those are pelicans." But like he was more like on it than I was. <laughs> yeah, I like know. I don't need to identify that bird. Can he just live in to. mystery. Yeah, for sure. I was like, "Oh, seagulls could identify those." Was he bird splaining you? to be be fair i don't think he was birdsplaining me okay good um i have actually really been trying to change my relationship with pigeons Mm. because i'm terrified of them i'm really really scared of pigeons like they're such unpredictable animals and like they just seem i just have to i don't know i guess because i've always lived in big cities i've had a lot of near pigeon encounters you know but they're very, I like all other animals. And I'm like, I've got to get over this thing I have with pigeons. So I'm just trying to like learn more about them. Oh, so that's that I, interesting. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're very misunderstood. I do too. I do too. Like I only read the book review of this, not the actual book. But there's a book that came out recently about pigeons. So like in the diamond mines down mm-hmm. in like South Africa, it's horrible. Like the people that work in those mines, they make them like get naked and they check them for diamonds when they leave work at the end of the day. Jesus. But what they do is they attach diamonds to pigeons and the pigeons are so smart. They're able to help them like traffic out diamonds from these mines and like wow. put them in like specific locations. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. I mean, we use pigeons as carrier pigeons and like for messages and stuff. I wonder why it like, if that is a bird that is more suited towards that or like able to tame more than like other, other yeah. birds. I mean, I think they're just really fun. smart. It's yeah. right. It'd be funny to be like, I want a pigeon diamond for my ring. <laughs> Specifically must've been transferred by a pigeon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> hmm, okay. Okay. What's the last good deal you got? Kate just sat up a little bit. Okay. Like, Ooh, Hold I got to really think about, the <laughs> hear about this. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> it's a hard question to ask because it could involve I you know hold on it's going to come to me well here's something question. that happened to me today mm-hmm. I went to go buy an iPad at the Apple store and it's sold out to like July and the Apple guy person excuse me the Apple person who was helping me was like hold on let me check Best Buy for you and then was like oh yeah you can get it at Best Buy in, in like two weeks and I was like, okay. And he's like, just buy it all Are day. Are you allowed to say that? And I was like, what's wow. what's happening? And he, he was just so, and this person was just like, I just want you to get the product. I don't make commission. And I was like, okay, thank you. And so now I was able to order through Best Buy 
and all thanks to this Apple person. Why are they wow. so sold out? Is it like a new one? It's, coming an, out? it's a new one that's essentially like a computer and I'm, I'm trying to upgrade my computer situation. So mm, I also nice. uh, did a lot of searching for an eyeliner today at Sephora and it turns out there's a KVD eyeliner that's a mini and I was very proud of myself for purchasing the $11 mini as opposed mm. to like the $21 full size. That's not really a deal, but it like makes me think like I'm getting a deal. I think totally. it's a hack, which is deal adjacent. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> I think I wish all makeup was available in mini because yes. I'm going to lose it before I ever use the whole fucking thing. That's for sure. Yes. And I probably will never end up using the whole thing, even if I keep it. So I wish th- we just need like a cute miniature Sephora next to Sephora. Totally. Yeah. I mean, especially <laughs> that would be adorable, mascara. honestly. Yeah. Especially mascara. I feel like I never get to the bottom of a full mascara before it gets yeah, it dried gets out. Gross. Oh, yeah. my God. My mascara habits are shameful. I have read so many times. <laughs> Yeah, you're supposed to throw it away after three months or whatever. I, ha- I, I think I have mascara from like the Obama administration. Oh, <laughs> I mean, honestly, if a makeup do. artist, yeah, if they saw my like, a, if they saw what I do, they would be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, I have no idea. It's just a random. But like, yeah, if they saw how old all the shit was, it's bad. I feel like I would, they would like burn everything I own. Oh, yeah. I like whatever i put like i will like sometimes if my mascara is dried out i'll like run the brush under water and just like shove it in there to get the more enough i'm like ah this i can get a couple more uses out of this whatever <laughs> on a scale of one to ten how much would you guys say you hoard makeup well, what's uh, what do you mean you know what, makeup that i don't use on the regular yeah. or yeah. yeah um i i, I feel like i see people good. on instagram who have way more makeup than yeah. me so i can't I'm like probably a five or something. Yeah, I think I'm more in the three to four range because like the stuff that I do have, it's like I use it. And I also implemented it at the beginning of quarantine. I was like, you're not buying any new beauty products until you have thrown away and used up everything that you do have, which will take me wow. probably three to four years to get through because I have lots of lotions that I've used three times and been like, mm, not quite there. But And you're going like, to use them? You're actually going to use them. them. I'm going to use them. I'm using them wow. all up. I've been through like several bottles of things that I've, like, I have more counter space than ever before in my bathroom now because of it. <laughs> it's very exciting. <laughs> what do you guys think? I feel like I am like an eight or a nine because I have trouble throwing things away, even if mm-hmm. I don't use them that much. So if you and it's not like I have a ton of makeup, but the makeup I have, some of it is stuff that I have not used in three years, but it still exists mm-hmm. you know in my collection exactly it somehow makes it through that like you're like i'm gonna have a scrape spring cleaning and yet yes. still the makeup stays yes and i'm <laughs> yeah. like oh i might wear this lipstick someday i should keep it but like no i'm not going to it's not gonna happen <laughs> no like if you haven't had a purple lip day in the last two years you're probably oh never God. gonna have one yes yeah. <laughs> i mean i did uh, Dory, remember you were cleaning out your makeup maybe three years ago and you gave me a Chanel lipstick that was red? Mm. Yes. Yes, yes, I do. Okay. I just used that like recently oh. for either like a Zoom or maybe you, going out. But that used, is at least I used it. <laughs> that is a secondhand lipstick that is, I think it's got to be three years old. Oh, and, yeah. Okay. Yeah, as sure. someone who used some of this, are you glad you had it? Yes. And I'm fine. Like, this is kind of like, I believe that you should throw out your makeup, <laughs> but I also am kind of like, what's the harm in using this very old makeup? Like nothing, yeah. 
No, there's been no evidence in my own experience that old makeup is inherently bad for me. Yeah, exactly. Well, and this is because I, by the way, would put myself at a hard nine. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because for me, I have the thing you're talking about, about not throwing away. Like, first of all, I just feel like I've gotten like free shit. That's like pretty and in like cool packaging. And it's like, yeah. Oh my God. Like cool packaging gets me every time, but it's like this vicious cycle where it's like, I can't throw that away. That's brand new unopened eyeshadow palette. Yes. You know, Mm -hmm. and it just remains unopened. So I keep not throwing it away. Yeah, I'll like keep a receipt and be like, I'm going to return this if it doesn't look good. And then it's just like both of those things will never see the light of day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, also, this anytime is... like you get something free, I just can't throw out a free thing. Like yes. speaking mm-hmm. of good You know, what's wrong deals. with our brains there? <laughs> <laughs> I think it goes back to caveman dates where we were scavengers and we were like, you know, you couldn't get stuff every <laughs> like, day. I need this lip tint. Yes. Yeah. We got to like, wor- I mean, like our food and stuff, like we didn't eat every day as like cavemen and stuff. So I think we've expanded right. that to everything else where it's like, oh, if I don't have this, if I have it now, but I might not have it eventually. So I should have it for the future. I'm justifying a lot of bad behavior with that. Yeah. But well, I, I mean, think it's, it's us. <laughs> it's related to like also if I get something for free and I get compliments on it, I love telling people that I got it for free. Like that oh. is like compliment number two. <laughs> oh yeah, the grift, I tricked them. The grift of it all feels amazing to be like. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you about the deal that's behind this? The though? grift of it all, mm-hmm. our new podcast, mm-hmm. my favorite, my favorite. Okay, we have to take a break. We'll be back with the lady problem, everybody. This is Lady to Lady. I'm Babs Gray. I'm Brandy Posey. And I'm Tess Brucker. I guess we're using last names. Oh, yeah, we're using full names now, I guess. <laughs> and we're here with Kate Spencer and Dory Shafrir. And we're going to do a lady problem. Um, if you want to send one, you can email us at ladytoladycomedy at gmail.com. Or you can call us. Our phone number is 323 you can call us to leave a cackle. You can call us to leave a lady problem. You can call us to leave a thought that we might end, leave at the end of the show. You, if you have a thought, T-H-O-T, that you want to drop off, uh, uh, email kind, us. Maybe we can work welcome. something out. Yeah. Yeah. Lady. Lady problems. Lady. Lady problems. Lady problems, do you have them? Lady problems, do you have them? People have them. Okay, so this is an audio one. Play it now. Hi, ladies. I have a lady problem. It's not a major problem, but I feel like it's something a lot of people could probably relate to. So I wanted to call and get your all of your opinions. Um, my husband, I, my problem is that I don't know how to convince my husband to go to therapy. I have been in therapy on and off for a couple years now, and I haven't found it to be like a major life-changing event, but I feel like it really helps to have someone to talk to, and we've moved to where we live now, 
um, a couple years ago, and we don't have a lot of friends here. So I don't feel like he really has anyone to talk to besides me. And I know he has a lot of anxiety and trouble sleeping because of that. And he recently told me that he's kind of angry mm. in general, which kind of freaked me out because we're expecting our first baby later this year, and I don't really want any anger to be happening. I'm, I'm not really sure what he meant by that. And anyway, I just feel like it would be beneficial for him to talk to someone because sometimes I feel like just talking about what's bothering you helps you work it out yourself almost. So that's my problem. How do you convince someone to go to therapy that isn't in desperate need of help but could benefit from talking to someone, especially men who I think have a harder time opening up sometimes? Thanks, ladies. Love the pod. I came over from MSM, and I'm so happy you're on the Exactly Right Network. Okay, thanks. Well, thanks for calling in. Yeah, thank you. So the problem is men mm. <laughs> slash what to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God. You know, I was talking to my therapist recently about this, telling her about someone who I, you know, love who I would like to go to therapy. And she said, um, you know, they they had lost someone recently and she was like, well, you might want to present it to them as being like, you know, do you want to go to try to go to grief counseling? And Mm -hmm. she kind of suggested pairing it with like a specific event that was happening that might make it seem like more like it's not so just like generic or something, you know? So I don't know if there's something going on with you guys that you might want to point to that might help him like think about it and and be less like generalized. I mean, they're having a kid. That might be a good yeah reason. Yeah, I can't imagine like what I mean. I'm sure we, you know, none of us have kids, but I'm sure you guys the can three of us. talk yeah. about like just. I can't imagine what's going through your head as you're preparing for that for the first time. So it's got to be a lot too. We had a guest on Forever Thirty Five who uh, works in this field. Her name's Dr. Lizzie Cleary, and I think she suggested kind of framing it with the person as something nice to do for themselves. Mm. And this resonated with me because anytime I've tried to convince someone to go to therapy, I've done what I think a lot of people do, which is like, you really need to go. Like, you've got to Mm. deal with this thing. Yeah. And the way she kind of positioned it was like, why don't you, you know, suggest to them, like, it, it will really feel good for you. Like, this is a nice thing you can do for yourself. Um, that like, you know, it kind of, kind of made it, a lot less of like you're fucked up and you need help which i think is how i've always <laughs> gone about it <laughs> yeah um and i you know i'm in therapy and i love it but the other thing i've kind of learned as a person is that like it is might not be for everyone even though you know the person would benefit from it like there's sometimes there is no you know it's the leading the horse to water situation and i think that can mm-hmm. sincerely apply to therapy yeah i think it definitely can and i think it's also like I think the important thing is that they have like an outlet for those feelings in some way, what some way where it's like, he doesn't have any friends. He's like where you guys, he doesn't have any friends where where you guys have moved to, but like, so he's not doing any activities or anything that could like burn off extra anxiety or anything like that. Like I know when like, like when my mom passed away, like I'm a person that wants to like, uh, I process things through talking. So I was really into therapy and um, my little brother is like not really that much of a talker, but he got like 
he was like doing a lot of like BMX, like mountain biking on the weekend with his friends and stuff. So like physically working stuff out was like how he kind of processed all of that. And he's like, you know, like, and that's not, and that's like, he would mention it here and there, but he like, didn't, that, that wasn't the way that he worked through issues and Mm. stuff. So it's Mm -hmm. like, what is the, like the language to like, to get, to get to what's going on? Like, is, is he a more tactile person? Like, you know, when you guys did live in a place where like you had other couples and like friends around, like, what what did he do there that made him that was making him feel better not be as pent up and like is there is there uh, like something more similar to that here yeah what's his like catharsis vehicle mm-hmm. yeah oh, i love sorry my phrase. dog is being a jerk hey I just my catharsis me- vehicle is um the mystery machine what <laughs> what's that <laughs> it's from scooby-doo oh <laughs> <laughs> Man. um yeah i think it's hard too because it's like i mean societally societally we also do like we're get, we've got a lot better i think with it but like there is weird like men are not encouraged to open up by mm-hmm. in a societal way and mm-hmm. like there is so much toxic masculinity that like makes them victims i think some as much if not more sometimes than you know than, than everybody else in society so it's also like is he does he view it as a weakness does he view it as you know Sorry, my dog is being very toxically masculine right now if you're hearing Classic. him barking in the background. Like, Jack, you have a prop. He needs therapy, but he won't go because he can't speak. Um, <laughs> well, not English. At least. Not English. No, not He's human. very chatty right now either way. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, so it's, it's I, I don't know. I'd be, I'd be curious to know like, how, what, how he like defines a man and like what kind of father he wants to be. Maybe it's like reading books on uh, books on fatherhood because it's like, you know, I, I would assume like having kids, it's like there's so many um, emotions that come with that, like, you know, from the way that like you were raised by your parents and like how you want to be and how you don't want to be. And like, maybe I mean, I, I don't if, if he's a reader, maybe something like that. Or if I don't know if there's documentaries that, or any support groups for like new fathers or things like that, that he could look into. I mean, there is those. um Yeah, there are those billboards that are like how to be a dad dot org or whatever. Mm hmm. So that's. I don't know what that. Yeah, we don't know if that's a good. Have you never seen those? I mean, there's literally. They piss me off so bad. Go on. I've seen them. I do not know if it's good or not. So I'm not. I find them so sexist. Go on. They are very sexist. I'm just. That was just a super joke. That was not an actual. There's this like ad campaign where it's like how to be a dad. It's like shows a dad helping a kid on a bike or like just being a fucking parent. The presumption being that moms just do it naturally and dads need a fucking billboard to know how to put their kid on a bike. (laughs) There's actually one where it's like a green blob helping another green blob like ride a bike and it's like being a dad. Hey, hey, if you a mucinex child needs a mucinex father. I mean, I you know this is I, I just I just binge watched like half of Mare of Easttown last night. Mm-hmm. Stayed up till three thirty. Bad choice. Oh my choice, god, but, I'm so jealous. Yeah, <laughs> but you know it, this is not a huge spoiler alert. But she is a detective in it, and she goes to therapy, and um, you kind of see just even a montage of her like talking and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Should, you guys should watch that show together Good and be like, call. wow, <laughs> look at that, because she, she goes in being like, this isn't gonna do shit for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> and um, or and. So you'd be like, look at that. She didn't think it it was going to do anything. And now she's talking. (laughs) Now she's talking. Don't take any of my advice. Or this, this, but this got me thinking, what do straight guys love more than anything in the world? The Sopranos. Mm. Pop in the Sopranos. 
He Great goes to therapy. therapy. Mm-hmm. Loves therapy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tough guy. Watch the, Yeah, watch TVs with a lot of therapy and be like, <laughs> watch TVs? Watch TVs with a lot of therapy. It's, it's, I mean, there's debatable Dr. Cat. whether whether yeah. Tony Soprano was actually helped by therapy. God damn it, you're right. <laughs> good question. Good, question. <laughs> yeah, good point. Good point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, like, it's tough. Yeah. Like Kate said, it's like you can't, it's, you know, the way you approach it is really important. But unfortunately, yeah, it's like they have to make that choice. And I think you can approach it with the nice thing of being like, you know, the thing is to be really good for you. It's something you should do for yourself. You know, you're mm-hmm. both under a lot of pressure and like, this would be great. And then if that fails, be like, do it for me, motherfucker, because you need to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's also like, I mean, he says he's like angry. It's like, what are you angry about? Like, can you need to figure that out? Because you're about to have a kid with this person, which Mm -hmm. is going to bind you together one way or another for the rest of your lives. (laughs) Yeah, the angry thing is is definitely concerning because it's like, it's good that he's recognizing that and he's actually saying it. You know, I think that's a good, like, good that he's just vocalizing that. But Mm -hmm. definitely... Yeah, it shouldn't just be you. And maybe you can make that point, too. It's like, you know, look, we just have each other right now. Like, we can't be each other's only support system. It's just not healthy. So yeah. either, yeah, go do some BMXing or <laughs> yeah. learn how to talk to someone. <laughs> yeah. What do you guys think? Your parents. <laughs> any any thoughts? <laughs> I, I mean, pa- parenthood, it is. I, I'm kind of grappling with this because I'm. I do feel like this sounds like this is a heterosexual relationship, right? Between a mm-hmm. man and a woman. Um, yes. Yeah, I think so. And so there's a part of me that is frustrated by the gender roles of like a woman, the, the f- woman partner having to like solve, you know, having to take on the emotional yeah. labor of like yeah. trying mm-hmm. to get her partner to go to therapy. And I know mm-hmm. that that's the thing that happens in a lot of heterosexual relationships. I'm sure in other relationships too. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a part of me that feels frustrated and perhaps going to therapy together might be good for this these people because parenthood is a thing they're going to need to be doing together and you aren't always on the same page i can't ima- i don't think there's any you know like team of parents that are always perfectly in sync or on the same page but i do think there are like there's a lot to discuss there and it's better to kind of go into the experience knowing where you both stand than discovering those things on like two hours of sleep when you're covered in a baby's shit and you know, your nipples are leaking, you know, I mean, there's just, Mm -hmm. it's the early, especially the early days and they're having, they're having a child biologically, right. They, I, I can't remember if they specified. I believe so. I believe yeah, so. yeah cuz yeah. I'm I'm making like general assumptions. Oh, they said yeah, they're expecting that. their first baby later this okay. year, so I'm so pretty sure. So perhaps they're adopting. I don't want to assume, but yeah. I do think that that is something you want to be on the same page about and if your partner is dealing with like anger issues, depression, loneliness, like that is going to ultimately affect how they are not just as a parent to your kid, but like as a partner to you as you parent. <sighs> Yeah, I think I think being on the same page about things is so important. And like, we don't get education about how to be a parent. And mm-hmm. I think people assume that it's just something that you like know how to do instinctively. But like, it's not. Um, I yeah. think like parenting classes are really important for everyone. And also just kind of going into it with this, you know, at least a similar outlook 
is really important. And so I would encourage this this listener to try to do that with her partner before she has the baby for sure. Yeah. yeah that's a really good point. Cause like you said, like, especially you're about to go into a situation where you are going to be like sleep deprived and like just going mm-hmm. through like a bunch of other bullshit that could just like make everything just feel so much more heightened that like, yeah. if you have mm-hmm. the opportunity to like hash things out now in a little bit more of like a calm chill setting then yeah like, and maybe that's the pitch to the husband it's like let's kind of like used to kind of say almost like exactly that you know like yeah. we're fortunate mm-hmm. enough to have this time before the baby comes like let's use that to really like get ready yeah and i think i i do like the idea of also couching it in like not maybe thinking of it as therapy but just like okay we're we're these this we're preparing for the next phase of this thing where and you know, we're going to, you know, I, I think couples counseling is a great idea or or talking to like a baby expert or something to just family planning, you know, to kind of like get mm-hmm. to that place together. Because then it's like there's tasks, there's things to do. There's a point. Not therapy obviously also has a point, but I could see if he's this resistant him not understanding the point. But having like actual like, you know, things that you're working on in it might might be more of a, a sell for him, hopefully. But yeah, I also agree with Kate. I'm just tired of sexism everywhere. <sighs> yeah, it's, oh, I'm sorry God. that you have to put up with this, but <laughs> unfortunately. It's like, why? Like, exactly. So that's just another fucking job for this woman. Yeah. I guarantee you, you know what I mean? She probably is the one who put the registry together and made sure the invites were out for the shower. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's like systemic in that like culturally, like you were saying, like, you know, there's the whole world of toxic masculinity and men not communicating and all that. And then it's individual, right? It's like taking place in this relationship and, and it's a burden on this one, Mm -hmm. this woman. And then it's like the larger bullshit also. And so it just feels so incredibly frustrating and unfair. Yeah. 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 And I would say like, you know, you kind of said like, it's not that big of a deal, but, but I think like just give yourself, some credit that you are care, you know, I'm sure carrying a lot and, uh, yes. and that you deserve to, yeah, you know, be with a partner who, who's willing to do that. And so don't try yeah. to like diminish what you want and how you're feeling. Yeah. And there's like so much, I feel like culturally that comes along with, you know, starting a family where it's like gender reveal parties and push presents and all mm-hmm. these kind of superficial things when like, ultimately like, the, like Dory was saying, not, you know, taking care of our mental health through pregnancy as a couple, an individual, like that kind of gets pushed by the wayside and is so important. And so I think you can also frame it as like, I need, I need this from you in order for this to work for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like yeah. if. I'm so scared to ask what a push present is. Oh, yes. I've never heard that. <laughs> it is a Ew. present that a spouse might get the person who gives birth to the child. I mean, I think, I think it's like you push the baby out and then you get a present is I think where the term comes from. That's a, so that is this common. I think it is. It's not something that happened in my relationship, but I think it is a thing that happens. Yeah. Like, is this the same crowd that does gender reveal parties? Like, are they kind of, I think it's like one, I think it can be nice that a spouse is getting getting 
their partner something to like honor the birth of a child. But then there's yeah. also like for my, you know, like a push present, I want this ring. And it just starts to be like, what? <laughs> yeah, it sits really uncomfortably with me because I, I hate want that an it's edible like... arrangement, please. Yeah. That sounds honestly great. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> honestly, yeah. we've said it before. Everybody loves an edible arrangement. Yeah. yeah. Also, there is one that uh, if you're not a bonus uh, listener to Lady to Lady, uh, patreon.com slash Lady to Lady. But uh, there is a um, an edible arrangement that you can get that just says sorry. <laughs> so, Pineapple letters. Uh, yeah. It says sorry. yeah. <laughs> so maybe you could rearrange those letters to say something more exciting than sorry for the yeah. push present. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. She could name the kid Rossi. Yes. Boom. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Perfect. Just so you can give them that at that moment. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> well, good luck. Uh, thanks for writing into us. And you know, if all else fails, you can al- always play in this podcast. And yeah, oof. Mm-hmm. See how that goes. Maybe play this while you're in labor, just so like he really gets the. Yeah, this is his push present. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. thank you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Doctor, hit it, and then lady problem starts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, that's our show. I just, I definitely want to make sure to shout out again to Dory's new book. Thanks for waiting. The joy and weirdness of being a late bloomer. We have a lot of uh, people write in and ask us about, you know, kind of those same things. It's like, how do I make friends when I get older? And they feel like they are blooming too late. One person wrote in late recently and asked like, when's my popcorn kernel going to pop? So (laughs) do you want to like give us, you know, your, your blurb, if you will? Yeah. I mean, my blurb is basically that I got married at 38 and I had my first kid at 41 and I really felt like I found my professional groove at 40 when I started the podcast with Kate. And I just feel like I spent so much of my 20s and 30s freaking out that I was behind and comparing myself to other people. And actually, when we were having that conversation about FOMO earlier, I think a big theme of my book is that I had like life FOMO um, (laughs) of like what everyone else was doing and I wasn't. Um, And it took me a long time to really come to terms with that and realize that like, truly it was about the journey. (laughs) Um, And if I hadn't gone through all the shit that I went through, including having a one night stand with a breathalyzer salesman, um, (laughs) (laughs) I would not be where I, where I am today. That's great. That's a great. Wow, what a great tidbit. I already wanted yeah, I'm very excited. Okay, that's great. Awesome. Um, well, thank you so much. Yeah, everyone go check it out the the book. It's available now, so I'm assuming you can get it on, you know, yeah, everywhere. books are sold. Yep. Books are sold. sold. Awesome. And um, yeah, thank you guys so much. Everyone, if you're not already subscribed, go subscribe to Forever 35 and is there anything else y'all want to shout out before you before we leave? Oh, thank you so much for having us. Yeah, this was so fun. So fun, guys. Thanks for being here. (laughs) Yay. Thank you, ladies. And uh, yeah, if you want to hear our Patreon stuff or Stitcher Premium, go to stitcher.com slash premium, or you can go to patreon.com slash lady to lady and hear our bonus episodes, our beef of the week, and you can vote on what you want to see us eat in our (laughs) eating contest that is coming up. If we get to 250 patrons yeah. by my birthday on July 16th, we are going to do an eating contest. So far, so. it looks like pie's in the lead. Oh, so. my God. Pie's yeah. leading Amazing. hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oof. Pie's leading hard. Yeah. So, Pie, peeps, or... Um, watermelon. 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 Yeah. I knew it was going to be pie. So. No one was yeah. going to let us eat watermelon. 
And, uh, <laughs> and now I Someone said they did vote for watermelon uh, to be nice. So oh, thank you. you can, yeah, you anybody can go vote. Uh, if you go to patreon.com slash lady to lady, it's open to the public, so you can go vote for it. But while you're there, might as well sign up and uh, actually, you know, see when it happens. So yeah. thank you guys again so much for, for doing the show. Thank, thank you, you for, for having, having us. us. Yeah. Woo! Ooh, Jinx. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. See y'all next time. Bye. Bye. Three, two, three, six, but thirty. It's six, but thirty somewhere. Hi, ladies. So I was just listening to one of your more recent episodes, and uh, Tess was talking about the stampede that she started at a rave, and I'm curious, Tess, is that was that by any chance? EDC 2009, <laughs> because I was there. That was actually my first rave, and I was with my boyfriend at the time. We were over by the stage, and people used to, you know, started off being able to go between the stage area and the stands and exit the, the vicinity. And sorry, I'm out of breath. <laughs> um, and all of a sudden, security closed the passage between the two areas, and people started to freak out. And there was an area where there was a fence that got knocked over. People started to just climb over the fence. And my boyfriend and I at the time were like, hey, now's our chance. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and join the stampede. And, um, I actually almost died at that time too because we walked over to this place. It was like a big concrete, uh, block area that was how it must have housed some kind of equipment. Um, and he climbed up on it first and then he pulled me up to climb up on there next and he kind of let go too soon and I almost fell backwards about eight feet on my back. <laughs> so yeah, anyway, just wanted to see if that was the same rave and, uh, yeah, funny that all these years later that, that comes up again. Anyway, you ladies are amazing. Thank you for all the entertainment and, um, yeah, keep it up. Thanks. Love you guys. Okay, so um, I've never done this before, so I'm a little nervous, but I'll try to be quick. I'm driving, too. Sorry. So, um, okay, here is um, my little kind of moment of shame on the haunches of the accidental LinkedIn viewing situation. Um, okay, so one day I was just, you know, like, it was a Sunday afternoon. I was feeling good. I was just kind of like, just clean the house, kind of... Uh, um, ready to start my day. I was going to go out or something. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to take care of business and uh, I am going to watch some porn. So nobody was home. It was like the perfect setting. I like had some candles and I was like, I'm going to treat myself this afternoon, you know, release some endorphins, kind of uh, start this Sunday off right. So I uh, do my thing and it went well. It well, I was like, you know, close my browser and all this and I'm, like, showered, going to, like, leave for the day. And I don't know if you guys have ever been on this phone and watched a video before or, like, an Instagram video with sound, and it kind of, like, plays still softly in the background. Like, you can hear it. And so, you know, don't ask me why I'm on the phone while on Instagram. It's just because I'm addicted to Instagram, of course. But, um... Like, so I've always wondered, and I still do, can the person on the phone, like, hear that sound? And so this is what happened. I'm getting in my car, getting ready to leave. I get in my car. I turn my car on, and my phone connects to the Bluetooth in my car. I'm like, whatever, and I'm just sitting in my car, kind of getting ready to leave. 
and my boyfriend's mom calls me. And we're really close. Uh, I've been with him for, like, a long time, so she's almost more like a mother-in-law. So she calls me, and I answer. And because I'm addicted to my phone, I open my phone as I'm on the phone, and immediately the porn video that I was watching starts playing while I'm on the phone, but it's really loud because I'm in my car and my Bluetooth is connected and it's like she's talking to me, but I'm just hearing like pure like sex noises. It's like aggressive and I just freaked out. And of course I like freaked out and stopped the video immediately and have no idea to this day if she like heard any of that. She played it off really cool. I don't know, but like I was so ashamed and so like, what have I done? Like I've ruined this relationship. It was the worst. So one, can people ever hear anything that's playing on your phone while you're on the phone with them? Two, exit and kill your apps. Do not leave porn on your phone because if you connect to a Bluetooth device, it will play. So, uh, yeah, that's my shame corner. Hi, ladies. I am currently a new Patreon listening to your backlogged episodes and having so much fun. You're part of my little Sunday, Sunday moment. I uh, I just poured myself a cocktail, and I'm about to pack a bowl and do some meal prep. So I just wanted to call and say that you guys are awesome, and you're making this teacher's life so much easier through, uh, through this pandemic. So thanks so much, and I hope you guys are having a great day. <laughs> Bye.